0: We covered the gentlemen who underachieved, but could be well on their way next year. And now we're gonna cover the guys who did very well in a short sample 2020 and what it means in Dynasty for the corner infielders, Dingers, Dynasty, Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Are you ready? It's time for Dingers
1: Welcome to Dingers, the only fantasy baseball podcast for smart people. It's not just Heimer Candelario that wins you championships. That's why we can and we go with delivering tips and strategies to help you live that straight up OG lifestyle. Joining me again this evening is Rob the Boatman Baseball. Uh, welcome to the show, Robbie. I'm Tyler Childs, your host. Let's do this.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So one of my neighbors, uh, because as I just told you, Ty, I now uh, own more boats. Um, One of my neighbors just said to me, I'm going to start calling you. um, What did he say? Uh, Skipper. And I said, (laughs) or sucker. You could call me that also, because that's what's happening with my multiple boat purchases. But I'm telling you, people, it's all (laughs) come
1: out here late at night
0: when there's no one else on the (laughs) lake. And then he'd be over there on the shore and he'd yell,
1: Quit playing with your dinghy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. I've been trying to find. Um, you've heard of like uh, Boston whalers. They're like, yeah. you know, the boat you can't sink. So in Ontario, you can't, like, people typically don't buy those boats. They're very expensive and small lakes, they'll get dinged up. Anyway. You can buy the like little sailboat versions, like pretty much exactly what's in Tommy boy. There's two of them that have been for sale for one's 900 and one's 500. I'm like, I'm just not paying that much because they don't have sales or anything. And then I jokingly said to Jess, like, it would be cool because we just put in the yard, right, babe? (laughs) (laughs) Did not go over well. But anyway, yeah, now I I have several boats. I'm cleaning them all up as well as a couple canoes. And the plan is to store them over the winter and decide in the spring which ones I truly want, and then just sell the rest. And it should be a pretty high profit margin because right now, things that cost twelve to fifteen hundred dollars in June, July, August, probably even May, um, they're all now somewhere in the four to eight hundred dollar range. So like I just picked up a boat, motor, and trailer for three hundred bucks on Sunday. I picked up a boat, trailer, and canoe for three fifty from somebody else. And there's a lot of money to be made with those. Plus, I've got you know parts and random things. So that's what I'm doing. It's pretty much like how I build my fantasy teams. Ty, I just collect <laughs> the garbage at discount rates and then try to push out a good product several months later.
1: So <laughs> it is exactly how you build your fantasy teams. Yeah, you, it's, yeah. It's, you motorboat son of a bitch, you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So you know things with me are okay. The the boy and I are um, stripping boats during the day, and then later at night, I'm stripping for my wife. Anyway, how are things with you? You recently turned a new age. So happy belated yeah. birthday.
1: Appreciate that. New, another year around the sun. Um, that's, that's, I'm not a huge fan of celebrating myself outside of my fantasy victories. Um, so it's one of those things where you do the family obligation and it's nice cause I get to see my brothers and their kids and pick on my brothers, which is part of being the oldest that comes with the, the territory. So that's kind of what happened. Um, and, and frankly, I said it to my mom yesterday. She was like, well, How are you doing today? I'm like, I'm just glad I got a newborn that gives me an excuse to leave while you guys are just dragging on the evening. And she's like, You don't mean I said, I absolutely do. I don't know what you're talking about. I've got to go right now. That's right. The kid is screaming. It's time for me to go. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Well, I know, I know my, my beer belly is, is screaming right now, too. I am thirsty. So let's get into this.
1: A long time ago, someone decided to put stuff in glass bottles in some of these bottles they put juice or milk and that was stupid today only alcohol and a few other products remain in the containers from the gods it's time for beers and bourbon because good advice only comes in a bottle
0: oh that was a nice one you did I had a good can crack, but that one was pretty good. Mm. So mine's easy, tie. Everybody that's been listening, it's A-Burb. I'm having their 1875 Kloch-style lager beer. Uh, she's a, a good old 48 percent Brewery is, of course, now closed, but um, that's cool because I still got a lot of these to drink. And uh, as the warm, warm part of November is about to end, I think we're going to get into some cold temperatures. I'll start to get into that thicker beer. But uh, what do you got going tonight?
1: I'm finishing off. Ooh, I like that. Finishing off. You got your own soundboard now.
0: Yeah, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) my kids whistle.
1: (laughs) So I have uh, finishing off my Basil Hayden here. I I am at the end of the road for this bottle. It's been kind of carrying us for a little bit here. So I need to get some refills this weekend. I am actually going to see if I can get a case of anything shipped to me from the US. That's just not the stuff I could buy in the LCBO because there is a lack of selection and I need to diversify.
0: Well, I don't know if it's going to help, but I may be going down to Windsor Detroit sister city uh, later this week. And I am not joking. It is to pick up a mid fifties, I believe wooden boat <laughs> with with a free motor, which is why I would go and get it. Um, which for me would be somewhere around a seven plus hour round trip, and I may be doing that uh, if I if I clean the yard up enough in the next say thirty six hours that my wife would be okay with it, um, and uh, I, I could check in by the border for you, see see if somebody could throw something across the river.
1: Well, you know what? That's a great idea. Uh, if anyone has the time or effort to find rob in his wooden boat well i won't be arm.
0: able to go in the water with the boat it'll sink it's it's in total disarray but i could pull up close to it and you could throw your bottle at the boat and i'll try to catch it uh, but yeah so tonight on topic on topic off the booze we are talking about corner infielders uh who were good so first and third baseman who had a good fantasy line last year. And that may be one category, you know, might, might dip low. We've talked about it a lot with first baseman. The averages aren't there with first baseman, but they, they get it back with OPS and then obviously runs and RBIs and dingers are the thing we're counting on. You get those elite guys who can hitch up with stolen bases. Those are the ones who can really make the difference. Obviously power base or sorry, um, power and stolen bases are huge. And there's only one guy on this list tie and in the shortened season, that makes, makes sense who was able to have more than um, 10 dingers and more than 10 stolen bases. And there isn't much talk of him getting traded this offseason, season, but I could certainly see it happening. And we'll get to that um, Cleveland Indian when we get there. So are you ready to rock?
1: Let's do it. Let's dive right. right in. First on our list this evening, is 25 year old, former MVP, Cody Bellinger. Was he an MVP? Former. He was in 19. Uh, well, yeah,
0: that was I his so. big year. I, I thought yeah. he faded anyway.
1: I'm pretty sure you won it.
0: Oh, uh, he now certainly was me, for now, the first. Now sorry. you have
1: me doubting myself.
0: Just remember, I thought Kyle Hendricks won a Cy Young. So sometimes I just, I'm off a bit. So uh what we usually do is I go through the, um, fantasy yeah. relevant. He won, stats. He, won,
1: he won the MVP. I thought he I did win there. it. Okay. He yeah. just
0: struggled down the stretch a bit. Um, what we do on the podcast, if you are new, thank you for joining us. If you found us through Twitter, Uh, That's awesome. You would have found us through at Dinger's Pod or Ty at Tourney Boss or myself at Robbie Baseball One, possibly through the Sport Travel Radio Network. Um, However, I go through the stats that count in your fantasy leagues. We do eight different categories. Maybe you play in a five by five. Maybe you're in points. If you're head to head or roto, we discuss it all but we give a ranking based on an eight by eight dynasty format so that you get the idea of a more, a more complete player. And then from that, you get to make your decisions. If you're in a five by five where you're not counting strikeouts against, or um, maybe you don't have losses. And if you're in a points league, you may or may not count a strikeout as a negative or not. And that's going to make players more or less valuable, which we always try to discuss. So Bellinger to, to top us off here, 213 at bats this year, He had a 239 average OPS 789, uh, but the runs and RBIs, both 30 and 33, were were really exactly what we were looking for. 12 dingers and six stolen bases, which is awesome. Now, Bellinger's uh, hidden little grace for us in the bigger leagues is he had 42 Ks and 30 walks. And we always try to get guys who are inside of a two to one K to walk ratio. That's what we like to see. Um, I'm buying, I'm super easy here. Ty, I, I give up my ACE for belly in a keep forever dynasty. He's that good. If this is his down year, this is the year that people say, oh, you know, he didn't do what he was supposed to do. He didn't come back strong. I'm attacking dynasty owners and I'm asking, what will it take now? If my ACE is Bieber, maybe that's a different conversation. Bieber Cole. However, if I'm somebody in the NOLA or below range, if Clevenger is my ACE, I'm trading him one for one immediately. Um, you're a buy too what what did i not just cover
1: i mean it's it's yeah it's really simple like i mean the guy has been dominant every other year as well right so mm-hmm. he's on a very cyclical cycle he's still just 25 right like yeah. he's still getting eaten up as a as a kid and still dominating against elite pitching and for me i always talk about this uh in these reviews is what do they do in the playoffs like for me that is where you see if a player is evolving because you're not only seeing a season long scouting adjustment from the pitching staff, but then you're seeing the counter from the player and Bellinger finished red hot in the playoffs. He was a difference maker in the world series uh, as well as the back half of that brief series. Once the the Dodgers actually showed up.
0: Yeah. And, and the final cap on his age for me, Ty, like you said, he's 25. There's only one player who's younger than that on this list of, I think, 15 or 16 guys that we're going to talk about. And that's it. So yeah. we're, we're covering the elite seasons in first and third baseman in 2020 and discussing their dynasty value. And on this list, he and one other player are both 25. Everyone else except for one guy is older. And you'll see, there's a lot in the late 20s. So um, to me, Bellinger is a, like, go for it, pay pay the price. You know? That's right. I, I'm with you. Um, moving on to the next dude on the list, Atlanta Brave, first baseman, Freddie Freeman, 31-year-old. On our dynasty big uh, big board rank, Bellinger was rated as an outfielder last year because that's where he primarily played. This year, we've got him um, corner infield, but uh, we'll go through all that when we redo our big board. Uh, he was ranked third overall. So it was Acuna, Trout, and then Bellinger last year. And then this year, Freddie Freeman, first baseman, last year was ranked first. This year, he had 214 at-bats. He had a 341 average, 11.02 OPS, 51 runs. A league leader? No, second in the league. Um, 53 RBIs, which I think was second in the league. Again, 13 dingers, two stolen bases, 37 Ks. And this is the one I love, Ty, 45 walks. Um, I'm buying. I, I love him. I'm going to enjoy him. I know he's not young, but he's somebody who... Other owners might think now's the time to sell. I'm going to get as much as I can for him. And when we talk about this all the time, uh, veterans still provide value. And an elite vet like Freeman, who's going to be in a loaded up lineup with a whole bunch of players younger than him, should have the same RBI and run opportunities. I don't know, the next three years. Like just, I wouldn't think much about it. Like in Dynasty, you're not thinking beyond five years. So at that point, Freddie Freeman could be a 36, 37 year old. He could still be doing what he's doing now, especially if the DH is permanent. So I'm in, Um, you're selling. So I'm wondering if that's more advanced than the stats I just mentioned.
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, it's not anything under the hood that I'm concerned about with Freddie Freeman. He's arguably the best player in the game right now. Like you said, he's got the lineup around him. I'm going to throw a bit of a curve at you. And this is, again, one of the things that I like to do with my teams is I, I look at these guys. This is a position of uh, it lacks depth, right. First base. We know that there's only a couple elite guys that play this position. Freddie Freeman is the guy at this position right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, arguably Bellinger, if you pull him in as a full-time first baseman, but overall, like, I don't think there's a real challenger for this number one spot right now. Um, for that reason, I think you can get a King's ransom. And when I say I'm selling, I'm only selling if I get said King ransom. And so, I've always talked to people about when you're building a championship team versus a competitive team, you don't need Freddie Freeman. You need a combination of three players that make up more than Freddie Freeman.
0: Well, that sounds and like Moneyball talk. That sounds like Moneyball talk. Get on base,
1: uh, <laughs> and, and it's that simple. So th- that's the way I look at this cell. It's it's not a performance based sell. It's it's just that this is Freddie Freeman's best season. He's gonna be. Number one, number two, number three on a lot of boards uh coming up for this year. It top is 15
0: the ho- overall fantasy player for sure.
1: He's probably top five. Like he's probably realistically well, a I top think, five guy.
0: I think the outfielder Quattro is kind of leading it off. And then you got the the Bieber Cole guys. And then Lindor can slide in at seven, eight. But that's but exactly why. I don't why, disagree. I, he's but first- that's
1: exactly, it's exactly why though Freeman's the guy though. Because you do have the only people that are better than him are at the deepest position in the game. So that's why Freddie Freeman has peak value. You will never have him in a more isolated value position than he is right now. So that's where my sell comes from. And I'm going to add that I'm only selling him if I feel like I won the trade and you're and I'm very blunt about trading these sort of guys with people. It's like, listen, he's available, but you have to be in a position where you need this guy Enough to regret trading what you're going to give me.
0: I'm with you on that, tie. I was in that same position last year with Keston Hira, second base being a pretty weak position, uh, two dynasty leagues that I owned him in. Somebody was just coming at me hard. You know, what can I do? What can I do? But all they were offering were second-tier prospects, guys that were on the cusp of MLB, but not the type of high-ceiling guys that you want in return. And somebody else who you know, we've talked about several times, Bobby, who has abandoned any league in which I commissioned because he felt like I was personally up to get him. Um, he, he said, like, I want him. What, what do I have to do? And I just looked at his roster, which was loaded with prospects because that's what the guy does. He acquires top talent. I told him that I wanted Madrigal. And then I think I said two pitchers. And I, I believe at that point, he just kind of laughed it off and said, no, seriously. And I said, no, no, seriously. If you think he's the difference for you, exactly like you just said, Ty, then that's the price you got to pay. I need to know that I'm okay in this trade. I'm not going to trade Keston Hira, or in this case, I'm not going to trade Freddie Freeman for a couple of B-level starting pitcher prospects or position guys like, you know, Jared Walsh had a great entrance into MLB this year. If he's in the Freddie Freeman trade, that's not a headliner. Jared Walsh is a is a final piece that makes me okay to make the trade. Um, But Freddie Freeman's got to get you that King's ransom. Exactly.
1: Yeah, like it's you're looking at like a Vladdy plus kind of deal, right? Like that's that's the deal you're looking for. You're looking for a guy that's not quite there yet. And people are scared, but Freeman makes them a competitor. And, And if it doesn't work that way, like you should be getting Vladdy and at least a guy that's going to help you like a pitcher, or, or a, an outfielder that's a, a reasonable middle-of-the-pack guy. Like If you're not getting at least that for a Freddie Freeman, you're not doing that trade.
0: Yeah, and if somebody's laughing when you talk about something like that, where you're talking about Freeman and, and uh, Vlad and you know the fact there's like a 10-year age difference, that's irrelevant in Dynasty. You need to compete. So if you are afraid that Vladdy is going to hit the ball hard forever, but it's constantly going to go into the glove of players on the other team, that's not going to do what Freddie Freeman's doing for you the next couple of years when you're, you can be winning championships. So making sure you get that now, a great example of a guy who could make you feel better in that Freddie Freeman trade is if you got a Jose Abreu back (laughs) is part of that deal, but not the key piece. So Abreu with his, Best season in the MLB with the White Sox last year, 33 years old. Uh, the Dingers big board, we had them 11th headed into the season. 248 bats, a 317 average, and 987 OPS, 43 runs, and a league leading 60 RBIs to go along with 19 Dingers. Amazing. No stolen bases, but if you looked at them, you would understand why. And 59 Ks to 18 walks, like not ideal. Um, Three to 1 K to walk. Now I'm selling, tie selling. I'm real easy. If he re-signs with the Sox, I'd consider him a top five second baseman next year. And I'd look to get that return and sell him. But either way, the K to walk ratio scares the crap out of me. I know there's going to be guys on base. That's, you know, to me, that's almost irrelevant. He's going to produce. So I'm going to try to get back what I can now. And if we were to say that Abreu did this stat line over 162 games, it would be amazing but that's not what happened. You know, he didn't have 162 RBIs this year. He had 60, which is awesome, but yeah. it's not going to happen in a full season. So get your value. Now guy's going to be 34 headed into next year. Walk away happy with the return.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, Abreu is signed through 22. He did get, Oh, the, he did. Get, yeah, okay. He had Cause they the, qualified uh, him last year. Correct. And then they extended him. Gotcha. So three year deal, 50 so. million. So uh, Abreu is a hell of a baseball player. And for the first time in his career, there was bats around him that scared the opposing team. And that's really the production jump. We talk about this all the time. Like it's not necessarily just about one guy in terms of fantasy production. Like there has to be the pieces around you. And Abreu is a great example of a guy that's benefiting from those pieces being introduced into his ecosystem. So um, I'm selling for a lot of the same reasons. Rabia's age is certainly that peak value is another one. People are going to have hard ons for the Chicago white Sox next season and probably for the following couple. So take advantage of that, right? Like we said, um, make sure you have a person to replace at first base because it is a very shallow position. But if you're in a luxury position to do that, um, by all means, cash in. Keep in mind that you can also win a championship by making first base a weak position. And 10 years ago, that would have been absolutely – stuff you can't it's taboo you can't say that but yeah in in this era where you're having splits in the tampa bay righty lefty mash that they do there's lots of options where uh at first base that that weren't there previously so um keep that in mind
0: and we'll do a pretty good detailed breakdown of it when we start doing our dynasty next month yeah pretty good in the sense that we have to cover weekly leagues and bi-weekly leagues in addition to daily um, you know, yes, Roto, you want a daily lineup, of course, but we're gonna break it down as best we can for everybody. And by all means, hit us up at Dingers Pod with your questions. Uh, you can always DM us or DM me at Robbie Baseball One or Ty at Turney Boss. We are happy to answer questions, which we do get a lot of DMs, so don't feel silly that you don't want to reply to the comment uh, when we ask a question, but more than happy to take your DMs for it because we know how difficult it can be. But when we do the big breakdown. And you start to get into, I don't know if it'll be by eight or by 10, but eventually you're going to start to see, wow, these guys are all within 15% of each other over the next few years. Like the expectation, the reasonable expectation of production is all pretty much the same. Like, do you want to have Andrew Vaughn or do you want to have Josh Bell? Do you want to have, you know, Goldie or do you want to have, uh, I don't know, Alonzo? What What's to be benefited? And then you need to know about your team. So those are things for next uh, next month when we do the the position by position dynasty ranking but now we're just talking about the highlights the low lights so luke voigt the yankee 29 year old uh 19th ranked on the dingers big board a lot of that had to do with the weird clogging in new york that worked out well in 19 well he carved himself 213 at bats last year 277 average 948 ops 52 runs 41 RBIs 22 dingers i think that led the league it did um, yep. okay no stolen bases and then very similar to Abreu, 54Ks, 17 walks. So I'm just saying hold. And here's why uh, I, I'm going to enjoy another year, possibly two, of Voight's power with that Yankee lineup. And I'm curious to see if, you know, if LeMahieu resigns, that's a really good thing. If he doesn't, I probably pay nothing for Voight in the leagues that I've got him. I'm not willing to pay much in trade. So I'll hold him. I'm not going to sell him because, like you said, Ty, first base isn't great. So I'm not going to upgrade. It's going to be hard to upgrade in power. So I'm just going to leave it. And if he does this again next year, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I have a very strict Yankee suck rule to my teams. Uh, I just refuse to draft. Naturally. This, yeah, Yankees. It's, it's very, very hard for me to put them on my roster. Um, I, I have a, a displeasure for Luke Voigt for really no reason. Uh, the things that scare me are just number of at-bats, right? We're talking about a guy that had a really late start to his career. He's just over a thousand at-bats now with the gross majority of that coming in the last two seasons. Right. So I, I still think he's vulnerable to adjustments because I don't think that everyone has made them just yet. And I think coming into next full season, I think he is one of my candidates to be exposed not that he's not going to hit some home runs. Like I could see him being a, a 220, 25 home run kind of guy, but I think just very much like a Gary Sanchez having that f- fall from grace to some extent, it's not going to be oh as drastic. Gosh. It's not going to be yeah. as drastic, but, but, it, <laughs> yeah, but I for the same you. reasons, right? Like it's, it's the same exposure over time. I, I feel like Voight has some of those vulnerabilities because, um, he's really strong, right? A lot of his home runs. And because we got to see a lot of them here this season with the way the schedule was set up, a lot of the home runs he hit were flip of the barrels. Like he hit one against Toronto. That was wind dated. It had no chance of going. It was a fly ball to left field and the wind. It was very spring training Um The thing I do love about Luke void is vanity metrics, man. That guy rocks top on undone. All he's got day, it all every for him. day. Um,
0: Happy as can be in the dugout, which I don't know if that fits into the vanity metrics, but like, no. Oh. you asshole to okay the- i was just gonna oh, say yeah. or the buttered okay so <laughs> mad mad bomb in the dugout is what you're going for not happy go lucky okay but but a good point you do bring up with with yankee masters right you said S- sanchez talk about void before you've talked about uh issues with judge and then stanton's another one four big men big swings all power bats when they struggle they're not on base there's no way to drive in a lot of solo dingers at that point in time um, so we put, out, <laughs> we put out right before the podcast started a funny pick that Ty had found. So hit, hit the at dingers pod up. This'll be a couple days old by the time you get it, but it's fine. Um, scroll back. So it's a, it's a pitcher with some different, um, starting pitchers. And I think there's relievers too. And the category spoiler alert is the distance of movement between pitches or a pitch. And it just says, uh, the pitcher's name and then an inch measurement of some sort. I think it's as high as eight something. It goes down to six, whatever. Those are irrelevant. So we just put up on the dingers page. um, This is a category we came across, name it, wrong answers only. And somebody just put application for a porn movie (laughs) in as their answer. So we'll go back and see all these, but we've had a a few of them so far that I've seen. So I'm speaking about a good porn name, uh, Brandon Beltoff uh, for San Francisco, now free agent, 32 year old. He was ranked 32nd in the dingers, big board for dynasty. This is somebody who we've never liked the power's not there. You know, we, we've wanted more. We just can't get it. Well, this year was really good for him in 150 at bats, a three Oh nine average OPS, North of a thousand on a, on a real weird San Francisco team that was in it and then wasn't down the stretch, 25 runs, 30 RBIs, uh, nine home runs, which for him was actually an improvement on the, on the at bat per at bat home run, no stolen bases, And 30 K's to 30, sorry, 36 K's to 30 walks, which is really, really good. Um, I really want to see where he goes. I'm, I'm probably going to end up owning him in a few dynasty leagues where I have weak first base because he's just going to be a filler body for me. And if he goes to another team, I'm assuming he'll start no matter what next year. And he's going to be an 18 month guy, which means I'm going to try to get him this off season, see exactly what he does a year from now and try to head into 2022 with him on a roster but not him as my dependent first base unless something really magical happens. And I don't know, he goes to KC and it just somehow works, but I don't think he wants to be anywhere, but with a dominant team. Um, I don't know if he's won two world series or three with San Francisco, but I, I I don't know if I had him on my roster. I'm just looking for a minor league guy. I'm not getting anything in trade, so I'm going to hold him.
1: Yeah. Like I, I have a sell, but it's, um, I will say I would switch very quickly to a buy depending on where he lands. Like there's, right. there's some good spots he could end up that I think would be very valuable. Like I think Washington would be an interesting spot for Belt to land. Um, I, for me, I think it comes down to uh, what they do with the DH in the National League. Like if he stays National League side, yes. I, I'm going to be curious to see where he ends up. I think he, his agent should be trying to find him a job in the AL uh, to make sure he's getting some at bats, like Detroit would be an interesting spot for him. They have a glaring weakness at first base. Uh, who else needs one? The Royals potentially love these kind of guys uh, that have a little bit more power. The thing to keep in mind with Belt is that he has played in the di- most difficult park to hit home runs as a lefty in the major leagues. So, if you move him into a a favorable right field scenario. I think you're going to see his home run total spike. So I have a sell based on age and trajectory, but I will switch it if he goes to a beneficial right field, that to a hard buy. So I'm going to be paying attention to him as an opportunity, to be honest.
0: And that's fair. That's the same thing I'm doing. I, I fear that I am going to end up owning him in a couple of leagues just because I don't want to pay the Piper on elite first base. And I think I'm going to get a better stat line out of him than I will some other types of guys that we'll get into when we get into first base, but uh, move on next to Eric Hosmer in San Diego, 31 year old. He was ranked 14th on the dingers, big board. Um, just in case you didn't know, our Dingers Big Board is based on five year production. So the 2020 through 2024 season. So we think Hosmer is going to be 14th in production in that time. And we think Belt is going to be 32nd in production, just for contrast. Obviously, this year was a good year for Belt. That's a good thing, but we definitely think it's going to trail off for him. So uh, Hosmer and 143 at bats at a 287 average and 851 OPS, 23 uh, runs. 36 RBI, thanks to all those boys on base. Nine dingers and four stolen bases, which was very nice. The interesting thing for Hosmer, lots of balls in play with this guy, only 28 Ks and nine walks. We're both holding. Uh, I'm just stating, just enjoy another season, maybe two and look to sell him. But right now I am trying to find a prospect first baseman in my system. So I know I've got somebody who's going to be able to come up and replace him. I'm not looking to make a trade for, you know, an Andrew Vaughn type guy. That's probably too expensive, but I want something in the range of uh, a nice surprise guy that could do kind of what Jared Walsh did last year, which is walk in and take a job down the stretch and hopefully for Walsh's sake, hold it into next year.
1: Well, and this is a guy that I said, Uh, we wanted to uh, buy at the beginning of the season. So I'm going to hold because I bought him in the offseason wherever I could. And I'm going to say hold him because I think he's similar to what we saw with Jose Abreu this year. Like he's getting that team built around him. The production's better. He's going to hit at the back of the train. He's going to have a ton of RBI opportunities. The amount of doubles that are going to be in front of him between Machado and Tatis he's going to have the opportunity to cash guys in. He might not hit 30 home runs, but I think 80 to 90 RBIs are very much in play for Eric Hosmer. And I think it becomes an even better buy if the National League sticks with the DH, which I think is very possible. So um, I I like Hosmer as a guy you can get for cheap. Uh, So so if you don't already own him, I, I think you should be buying because I think if you look at the high end, of this market, like you could potentially buy a Hosmer, sell a uh, Goldie Freeman Bellinger. Not you don't really want to sell Bellinger, but you get the point. Um, and and replace them mostly with a Hosmer to fill other voids on your roster. So these are the kind of opportunities that you need to be looking at if you're moving high end talent. These are the kind of guys in Hosmer that you want to slide in as a replacement.
0: Definitely the absolute under the radar forgotten because and you know why? Because they're 30 and older. And Mm -hmm. everybody forgets. So here's another 30 and older guy. uh, Goldie from St. Louis, 33 years old, ranked seventh on the dingers big board, 191 at bats this year. Goldie came back for us with a 304 average and 883 OPS, 32 runs, 21 RBIs, six dingers, one stolen base, which is the thing that everybody's harped on. You know, Goldie's not the same because he's not stealing all the bases, but 43 walks and 37, sorry, 43 Ks and 37 walks. So in an eight by eight, a bigger format, um, something points league related, he's, he's going to be, I'm, I'm sure in a points league, he's, he was over three and a half points, uh, which would easily put him inside top 10 first baseman. And uh, I'm holding and, you know, I'm sure you paid a lot. So if you, if you get a season or more out of them, take it. And uh, if you're at your deadline in season, maybe you might want to deal them away if it's not the year for you, because he will be 34 next year. And the stolen bases, if you're in a a categories leagues and you were counting on them, uh, you've been wrong to assume that Goldie was going to keep stealing (laughs) because it's hard to ask that of a first baseman. But for me, I'm holding them. I don't want to sell. Like we, this, that's the thing, right? It's like, we're just saying it over and over again. If you have a good guy, a contributing player at this position, which for us we're specifically at this moment, first base, don't get rid of him. You know?
1: Yeah. I'm with you. And Goldie has been my rock for a long time. I'm a Goldie guy. Uh, and last season was hard. This season was much better um, from a quality perspective. He didn't hurt you in weekly leagues, uh, previous season, he crushed you in weekly leagues because he was hot and cold and hot and cold. Uh, and, and ultimately broke my heart, but uh, here we are again, he's back in the good books. And I, and I, like Rob said, like you're not going to have the opportunity to get a guy that's much better than gold. He's not going to steal you the 20 bases that he used to. Uh, it's just not going to happen. And that's just not who he is. But the one thing to keep in mind is what we just talked about with brain belt is he is in a pitcher's ballpark. So the big ballpark scenario definitely is going to cut into his home run total. That I think is part of the adjustment that he made is that some of those fence scrapers that were going out in Arizona are staying in the yard in St. Louis. So I think that's been one of the big adjustments. And I think he adjusted this year based on how he ate the fastballs. He was very much sitting on fastballs. So if you do own Goldie, the thing I'm watching is uh, his early season success against off speed and breaking pitches and if you see those things not trending the right direction, sell, sell, sell. If not, buy hard.
0: All right, there we go. So here is my absolute buy of this class. Reese Hoskins, Philadelphia Philly, 27-year-old, was ranked six on the Dinger's Big Board, 151 at-bats this year, 245 average, 887 OPS, 35 runs, 26 RBIs, 10 Dinger's, one stolen base, 43 K's, 29 walks. And the reason why you're going to buy him is homeboy is off on Tommy John surgery. It's going to scare off owners. We've seen it with some other guys where, you know, oh, he's not going to play. He's not going to this. He's not going to, play. he'll be back in 2021. Absolutely, he will. Should not start the season. He should start the season rehabbing, um, extended spring training, whatever they figure out they're going to do. And he should be back and in regular form by the All Star break, which means you're getting at least, or sorry, you're losing at least half a season, but it's well worth it in dynasty mode because things have turned around for him. He became a better hitter in 20 than he was in 19. More walks. We saw the power come back. He had a good surge and you know, then he got hurt. But you may as well take the 25 plus dingers, 75 plus RBIs, 90 plus runs with an 850 plus OPS in 2022 and beyond by taking a, a small hit in 2021 because of the position scarcity. Somebody would be willing to trade you probably a lesser first baseman now who's going to start the year and something else minor for Reese Hoskins, that star power that he was supposed to have three years ago. It's worn off because he went, he became a power K guy. And if you're in a league where K's hurt, he's less valuable if you know, if you just heard what I said, he's getting the walks back up. So it's hurting you less. He's not cane as much. And if you look at some of the other guys on here, we have 59 Ks, 54 Ks, 36, 28, 43, and 43. Now he's got less at bat. So if he was to have 200 plus, he would be up there in the 50 range but he's not out of control. It's not Machado in 18 numbers. Like this is reasonable from a power bat. So I like him and I think people are gonna forget about him because he will be off draft boards everywhere. Anyone who plays redraft in dynasty, they're going to struggle with Hoskins because they're gonna not draft him in redraft and they're gonna be really hesitant to do anything in dynasty. So I would attack Hoskins owners with veracity. He gets the official, (laughs) go get him whistle. <laughs> well,
1: I, I I, we'll find a better name than that. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know. I have no words. So, <laughs> uh, Reese Hoskins is a guy that I'm not going to own. I've not liked him. I've been hard on him in the past. Uh, I don't know that there's a real reason. If I'm honest with you, this this is one of those guys that I just I stay away from for whatever reason. I have my reasons. Leave me alone. Uh, well, it was
0: him and Olsen, Ty or him and Chapman, that came in in 17, I think, together, and they both like mashed and everyone was like whoa look at all the home runs they hit down the stretch like this isn't going to continue into it was either 16 they did it or 17 and then it wasn't supposed to continue and then you know that that's what happens right everybody gets their hopes up and then the players can't possibly live up to it but if this is reese hoskins this 2020 stat line i'm happy at first base i'm happy with that
1: yeah like he's not going to hurt you right like he's he's uh He's a power bat, right? He, it just is what it is. And if you need the power numbers, like he, he's your guy. I'm not going to build my team around a guy like that. That's just the way I do it. Um, again, no real reason to dislike him. I am concerned uh, on the 2019 numbers. I, I don't know how far he can take the home run total with the, the strikeout numbers that go with it. Uh, that's my big concern. I like the on-base percentage. The overall slug's good. Um, you know, there's, there's lots to like here. Uh, it's just a matter of production. And frankly, uh, I think the one thing Philly needs to address this year is on-base percentage at the top of that lineup. So um, I think you're, you'll are you see them adjusted. Bryce is obviously always on-base in that two-hole, but I think they need to get another um, contact bat. Like, they could be a sleeper for DJ LeMayu. Like, they really could at second or third. Like, that would be a good fit. They cleared some money. Uh, with Didi not there, there's a need to put – DD somewhere or sorry to fill DD spot. Segura can still play shortstop. Right. Yeah. Uh, and
0: I was gonna say they can slide Kingery around as needed. Yep. Um, he's not the elite bat, but um Hoskins as well, Ty. If you I don't know if you can look month by month last year, but Hoskins started slow. He had, I think we talked about it in one of the episodes where he may have had one dinger at that moment, and then within a week, I think he had five or more. So he just like turned it on at some point last year, and Philly had the slow start. So I th- I think. I'm going to say that his end of season 2020 stat line, he'll be north of 200 at bats and the stat line will be at the 29, sorry, 2020 numbers or better. So I feel like he's a better player moving forward than he has been in 2019, definitely. And 2020 as well, because he started so poorly in 2020 and then turned it on pre-injury.
1: His, he finished September at the 216 batting average. So it didn't finish strong, but the middle was a slight uptick. August was a slight uptick from July, uh, but had no power in that first month and limited at bats. And then got it going into August. And And then got
0: hurt. And then eventually they said, okay, you gotta, you know, you gotta get, get this fixed. And that was Tommy John. So uh, moving on quickly, he's just Aguilar, 30 year old. Miami Marlin was 35th on the dingers big board uh, great year for him this year 188 at past, 277 average 809 OPS 34 runs 31 RBIs eight dingers 40 Ks 23 walks um, I'm selling he holds value to smart owners because first base situation in Miami is realistically his to have if he's back and Aguilar has been a fantasy annoyance because he just never does what you want him to do when you want him to do it so why not just hold him <laughs> why not just hold him and see but if if somebody knocks on the door sell that boy
1: <laughs> yeah i mean for me it's really simple and we talked about this coming into this season with with Jesus Aguilar like the things that scare the living hell out of me his hard hit percentage is in the 41 41st percentile like for a for a guy that you want to see driving some power uh, it's not there. The exit velocity is not in the upper tier at all. Exit velocity in 2020 was 89.3. So that's not elite in any way, shape or form. Uh, the slug's still decent. The OVP is good. Like, you know, if you look at the career numbers, they're not awful in a lot of these things, right? A career line, 259 average, 336 OBP, 470 slug, 806 on the OPS side. So like very reasonable career numbers, even with a dip um in what was that, 2019 where he really the shine came out so, yeah. yeah so so I really do believe that you're gonna see at least a little consistency here so very similar to a Hosmer I think is a good way to put him in there like don't expect the world um I, I'm just less confident that he's in a scenario if he's back in Miami which I don't think he will be um if he's back in Miami, I don't love that situation because I, I think this season was a bit of a mirage for them. Um, and I think they got at least one more year before they're going to bounce back to those expectations.
0: I, I like the Hosmer idea and Aguilar, obviously, with less value than a Hosmer yeah. would have. So on an, a, a list of guys to acquire Aguilar, you can try on Hosmer first, then move down. Um, next up is the young man on the block, uh, Vladdy from Toronto. Converted third baseman to first baseman. He was ranked eighth on the dingers big board last year. That was at third base. We'll see where he lands at first base when we do that next month. 221 at bats. He had a 262 average, 791 OPS, 34 runs, 33 RBIs, nine dingers, one stolen base, and 38 Ks to 20 walks, which was probably, to me, the most disappointing thing. That's where I wanted to see the improvement. Uh, His whole minor league career, it was, you know, one-to-one walk to strikeout and he's a game changer in this and that. And I absolutely believe he is. Um, I bet that his K to walk is within 15% of one-to-one next year. So if he gets 150 Ks, which would be high, there'll be 120 walks. So we're kind of talking Josh Donaldson territory and he's a slight adjustment away from 125 point OPS jump and obviously well into double dingers. Um, Now's the time. Like you could not get him as a prospect if you were not the one that got him or drafted him. Absolutely could not have got him after 2018. No way anybody was selling last year when it didn't look great after 2019. But now's the time. Now people have some doubts about him. They saw some weight issues. They they just, you know, they're not seeing the numbers. Hard hit, absolutely. But it's in the gloves. So Vlad makes the adjustment because he's 21 years old. You know, there's a lot of time left and then the keep forever dynasty, he's got to be one of the top 20 guys in a keep forever in a no contracts league because you just shouldn't get rid of him. But that's why you have to go and knock on the door of the fantasy owners and you have to see we know Toronto's loaded with potential stud guys in that infield we know they should have guys on base. It's just so random when it's been happening this year. You know, it's kind of like you're tuning your car, right? You're sputtering. You're working on the carb to trying to, you know, hone everything out. Well, that's the Jays right now. They're trying to get a full lineup together with guys consistently on base. Well, Vlad makes those adjustments. Vlad starts taking walks and all of a sudden the Blue Jays are going to be damn hard to beat. And Vlad, will be obviously right at the core of it with Bichette.
1: Well, and he's down 32 pounds from where he was at in summer camp. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a guy that has trajectory here um to move forward and I think I think you're going to see some of these things adjust for for the young man. I mean, he he hits the ball significantly harder than most people, right? Like his hard hit percentage he is in the top tier uh of the league. I mean, if you're if you're getting into exit velocity as well, uh he finds himself in a very similar scenario right he's 93 in exit velocity 93 in hard hit the real issue here is the launch angle and it came way down in 2020 to 4.6 like that's very 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 low but let's not kid ourselves the guy still made a buttload of contact and had a hard hit percentage uh 50 of the time like it was hard hit like that's those are the guys you want to own because they're going to break through his teammate Tiosker had very similar scenarios. Um, and people are loving Tiosker right now. So I, I expect Laddie to be the by-low of the offseason. And and I'm I'm excited because I think launch angle will be his entire offseason plan from a, an offensive perspective.
0: Yeah, and as far as like you know, the best Jays and Dynasty thing, I would easily say Bichette has now taken him over. So the shine is off, where before it was uh, Vladimir Gro Jr. is going to change baseball and um, there's a Bichette kid too. And now it's very much Bichette is like this stud kind of, you know, Tulewitzki in Colorado type guy. And Vlad gets to now be under the radar, which I think is to his benefit. He just needs to make the right adjustments. As is he it said, safe I. to say Vladdy is? Hello. No,
1: it's me. It's
0: pretty damn close. It. We are, if he does this exact same thing next year, people are going to be out. And like, I don't mean I, out like he sucks. I mean out that he's not doing what they want.
1: So but hear me out though. Like, him. is he like I'm not saying he's team post hype because he should be. Like he's a 21 year old. No one. Right. But in terms of the way people view him, I think he's entered that conversation for a lot of people. Where I think people are ready to move on because they believe he's not what he was claimed to be, but they're not paying close enough attention. So, I, for me, I I do think he's post hype in almost every league you're going to have good owners out there that own them that are smart enough to know better. But I'm, I, I think the gross majority of leagues, you're going to be able to acquire them when you shouldn't.
0: Well, I will make a point of knocking on a couple of Vlad owner doors this next week between or whatever it is from this moment until we have our next one. And I will discuss that off the top. Cause I think yeah. that's a really good point. I, but as we know, it's one thing for us to discuss it. It's another thing to go to and talk to somebody. And especially when they know, like if I'm, you know, in dynasty leagues because of fan tracks, they make everybody MLB teams. You can change your name. Well, I'm the Toronto Blue Jays in a couple. When I knock on doors about Blue Jays, all of a sudden the price just went up. So I'll see what some of these guys say. Um, moving on to the, another guy, possibly somebody who, you know, Vlad could see, he doesn't want to wait till he's this old, but jmr uh, Candelario finally turned it around 26 year old Detroit uh tiger 27th ranked in the dingers big board and 185 at bats this year he did what he was supposed to do two years ago three years ago 297 average 897 ops 30 runs 29 RBI, seven dingers which was still low one stolen base 49ks to 20 walks which is concerning and um nothing's perfect here but thank god he didn't bottom out right if you own him do not do not sell him i sold him a year ago in, I believe it was a deadline David price deal where I also sold Bobby Dahlback. Um, that deal did not work out (laughs) one bit for me. I do want to look at that deal because it's a good thing to break down trades sometimes a year later where I felt fine at third base and I still feel fine at third base in that particular league, but you don't want to get rid of a lot of value. And Bobby Dahlback was the guy that was needed in that trade in order to get price my way. And then price kind of bottomed out, blew up down the stretch. So I'm glad Candelario is now an official MLB player. It's not in doubt that he's going to be fantasy relevant, but finding a way to claw him away from whoever owns him now might be difficult because they're probably going to be asking a lot more. So you might just need to hold him and not necessarily buy.
1: Well, and this is a guy that I told you to buy last offseason. It it was a guy that was on the list by Candelario. Um, And if you listen, good for you. Um, If you, panicked like I did after no, (laughs) no hits in the month of July. I'm with you. And I feel your pain because it was scary. Um, But then once the the calendar, sorry, into, once the calendar turned August, he started to turn it around and he, he erased that over 19 or over 17, I guess um, start to that season with nine strikeouts, which was awful. Uh, But he very, very quickly changed your thoughts and you began to appreciate the Candyman again. So I, I think he's going to be harder to buy this season. I still think he's going to be a reasonable acquisition. Um, I'm, I'm buying him in formats where I'm rebuilding. Right. So I'm not going to buy him if I'm in win now mode, but I am going to buy him knowing that the tigers are going to have Riley green and Torkelson in a couple of years. And they're in all likelihood going to bring in at least one big free agent on the offensive side to pair with those guys. So um, the Tigers have the money to spend. They will facilitate that offense. They're going to have the pitching. Um, So it's just a matter of them bringing in one or two more free agents to, to fill the rest of that, that lineup. So I, I like Candelario to be good. Let's say mm, this time, 2023, I I, I think you're going to be really happy if you own them long-term in that form. Yeah.
0: I would be really surprised if in our, um, Big board for third base. If when we re- redo, if he doesn't jump at least ten spots from 27 up well into the teens, just looking at projections and what Detroit should be doing, and having a better look at the actual Detroit lineup and their depth chart is also a big part of when we do our our dynasty ranks. We look to see what's coming down the pipeline, as Ty just mentioned. Well, so- and you
1: did have him ranked 40, so that dragged him down a little bit. I had him 20. Um, and and like you said, you're gonna bring your number up. I'm gonna move mine up probably a couple ticks as well. And I think very much so he's gonna be a value pick for this season.
0: Yeah, and he was certainly one of the guys last year that you could have that last year was the year to pick him up, like Ty had said. It doesn't mean you can't do it now. It's just owner to owner, right? The guy that has him now may covet him or he may be the third, third baseman. And he's looking to make a deal. So moving on to stud Pete Alonzo with the Mets, 25-year-old. He is tied with Bellinger, the second youngest guy. Um, 208 at-bats this year, 231 average, which was a dip down, and 817 for the OPS, which was a big dip down. 31 runs, 35 RBIs, 16 dingers, and one stolen base. 61 Ks, 24 walks. Uh, I want you to buy him. Just use the lesser 2020 stat line uh, as your buy low. And assume you're going to get at least 30 more points on the average. And (laughs) uh, SP Streamer just replied to our thing and said, the stat is height. Um, (laughs) Okay. Uh, (laughs) And 80 points more on the OPS. So I would comfortably assume you're going to see Alonzo right around a 260 average, just in and about 900 OPS. And now, obviously, those can be better numbers. But I'm saying I don't think they're going to be any lower than that next year. I love Alonzo. I think that um, Robinson Cano having a good year allowed him to be on base for more RBIs, but at the same time, Alonso's is just a power guy. So he needs people on base in front of him. He needs McNeil on base. He needs Davis on base and he needs guys Conforto as well. Healthy Conforto would really help out um, with the Mets and whatever the Mets are doing this off season, whatever they go into spring training with, whatever they hit opening day with, you can value Alonzo to only be better than 2020 in my mind, not worse. So that's why yeah. he's a buy for me.
1: So the, the, the thing I'm going to watch this season is the, the him attacking the fastball. That was the biggest dip for him this season. Uh, really got beaten up by the fastball, pretty standard for a second year pro. right? We talk about this, that adjustment in the second year, Bellinger had a big dip. Uh, many, many other players have had a big dip in that second year as the pitchers make adjustments, right? Like he got away with a lot of things in that rookie season and he capitalized on it, right. He hit 294 against the fastballs this year, just 243. Um, and, and there's room for improvement there. The slug is still strong. So there's, there's lots to like, but um, I, I, I am buying here because I think, I think there's lots to love um, in, in the underlying circumstances. And uh I think you're going to see that fastball bounce back with some adjustments. And so for me, that's, that's the underlying truth. And if you look deeper into the batted ball profile, infield pop-ups were a small tick up as well as getting oppo percentage. So he was late on the fastballs, getting jammed up and in, popping that ball up on the infield. So uh, I think he'll make that correction. He's he's a strong enough guy to to take some chances. So I think you're going to see a bounce back. I, I still think he's a 260 guy. Like I don't think he's yeah. going to play that 295 that he did in his rookie season um 265 270 makes him an MVP candidate so like i just i think that's what you're looking for out of pete alonzo
0: yeah if he changed and had a different two strike approach i would love to see it you know like if if all of a sudden he just went from trying to mash until he's out and he's like okay two strikes i'm going to cut one here i'm going to chop one across the field or whatever it's going to be uh, that would be a game changer for him, but that's just not the way they're doing it these days. So uh, here's the surprise of the list for me. Um, somebody that we didn't have ranked at all last year, Jared Walsh of the Angels, 27-year-old, came in later in the year, 99 at-bats for him, 293 average, 971 OPS, 19 runs, 26 RBIs. That's that's efficient in 99 at-bats, nine dingers in that time. And in think about this, in 100 basically at-bats, 15 k's, five walks. It's interesting. Uh, <laughs> I'm giving him a hold, uh, because I just don't see how the buy is going to be right for you. It's going to cost you a lot, and I wouldn't go out of my way to acquire him. Wait and see. The angels are clogged, you know. Pujols is still there. Um, there is still, uh, what's the boy I was hyping on last year's name? I'm forgetting right now. Doesn't uh, Maddie who was a first, yeah. yeah, who was a first round pick, I think, in 16, and Walsh, I think, it was 17. Um, it it's not over in LA. They're not just going to give him the job. Now he might just crush it in spring training and maybe things change, but in dynasty format, I'm not willing to throw all in. I would certainly inquire, you know, if you, if you're suck at first base and you're looking like, okay, belt Hosmer, <laughs> uh, I would, I would look into Walsh too. see what it's going to cost you. You never know. Cause some, some league structures don't allow you to have as much depth as you want. And first base guys, typically you're not going to want two first base only guys. You might want a multi-position type guy as your backup first baseman. Maybe there's a way to strike a deal, right? Hit us up at Dinger's pod. If you have an individual question about that, Um, we will tell you what we're thinking, where our ranks are at any point in time. Well, before we release anything, if you ask, we're happy to tell you, but that's where I am on Walsh and Ty, your hold as well.
1: I'm holding. He just confuses me. I, I like the upside in that lineup. There's too many yeah, good hitters, definitely. right? Like that's that's why I'm not selling Um, because I think even if he bats sixth and is reasonable, he's still going to produce, right? So this is a guy I, I like as a depth piece Um in, in shallow leagues. Love him as a guy to save you when your your premier guy gets hurt. Um, But if you add Joe Adele into that lineup and Upton or Pulhos stays healthy in any way, shape, or form, like – that lineup is, is dangerous on the offensive side. Now they just need people that can throw the baseball and they might be a competitive team.
0: Yeah. uh, If they can sort out what Otani is going to do on one side of the ball or the other, if they're going to let him do both cool, but if they could just have (laughs) some level of consistency, that would be great. So um, here's another guy who I appear, or it appears now is consistent. uh, Jose Ramirez of Cleveland talked about him off the top of the show, 28 year old, seventh, Ranked on the dingers, big board, 219 at bats this year, 292 average, 993 OPS. All right, here we go. Here's the fun stuff. 45 runs, 46 RBIs, 17 dingers, 10 stolen bases. And for the big leagues, 43 Ks, 31 walks. Um, He's a questionable buy for me. And that's because I don't know if you can get him. Because I I love the stat line. I'm not sure when the drop-off is going to be on stolen bases or if it'll even come. and if it's a no contracts dynasty league, of course go get him. but who knows what in the heck Cleveland's going to do, right? All we're hearing about is sell, sell, sell in Cleveland, but Ramirez's name doesn't come up. So I don't know. I don't know what to think, Ty, like he's going to produce, but he might be kind of like McCutch or McCutcheon in Pittsburgh. He might be like Batista when the Jays sucked, it might be hard for him to do it all on his own. Of course he's going to be good, but can he be Uber elite top 10 return? if everything around him in Cleveland is crumbling,
1: Yeah. I I think if they move Lindor, it's just a matter of time before they move Ramirez, whether it's a season or, or in season or whatever. I I don't know why you don't burn it down. If you're, if you're Cleveland, Um, if you're, if you're going to get rid of Lindor, you just don't have enough pieces like to be competitive. So the, the caveat to that is if they trade Lindor and then go sign two free agents, then that's a different animal. But I, I don't know why you trade Lindor if you're going to go sign free agents. It doesn't make a lot of sense to spend it on Lindor. Uh, but that said, I believe Jose Ramirez is the best player on that team, regardless. And I ranked him fifth. And the only reason he wasn't fourth is because uh, Manny Machado is my guy. Um, and, and I put him there out of bias. It, you have Arenado, uh, Bregman, and uh, <laughs> Moncada on top of that for me. And so I I think without a doubt, Ramirez is going to move up. He's probably going to be probably going to be my number one this year, to be honest. So we'll, we'll get there when we get there. But I, I, I like Jose Ramirez. I like that. He's a a multi-category guy. He's one of the few remaining in the game. Um, And so for me, I, I think that carries a value that is very, very hard to find. And for that reason, if you can buy him, you should.
0: Yeah, it's a lot like uh, people will talk about um, Alberto Mondesi. You know, oh, Mondesi is great. Mondesi all these amazing things. I think they're just confusing him with Jose Ramirez. Jose Ramirez is what everybody thinks Mondesi is, but they forget that Mondesi K's at a ridiculous rate. He struggled a lot this year until the very end of the year, whereas Jose Ramirez is just damn good baseball player. You know, yeah. Roto... Awesome. Like, but head to head, he's doing it for you too, right? Because he can help you in steals in a week and you can really rely on him. Now, somebody else you can really rely on, Ty, you have him ranked one higher, Manny Machado, San Diego, the 28 year old, sixth ranked in the Dingers Big Board, 224 at bats, a 304 average, 950 OPS. Beautiful. Uh, 44 runs, 47 RBIs, 16 Dingers, and six stolen bases, which is awesome to see from Machado, something that people were heavily lacking. 37k's and 26 walks which i accidentally wrote 260 which would be amazing if somebody did that <laughs> um and i'm i'm saying a hold cuz i just can't imagine the owner that would trade him to you you should have bought him last like,
1: season when i told you yeah
0: like ask like, right seriously? like i just i don't see anybody who's going to trade him because They're going to consistently think, well, he should still get second or shortstop eligibility at some point in time. Right. Tatis is going to, you know, move over, go out of a game, get hurt, whatever it is. I don't know that there will be a much harder player to get this offseason than Manny Machado.
1: Yeah, we talk about this a lot. Like there's a good time and a bad time to buy superstars. This is a bad time to buy Manny Machado. I think this is a guy that carries an exponential amount of vanity metric around with him Um, and and shades
0: like yours on right now.
1: Yeah. This guy carries swag for days, like almost to the point where you have to assume this guy's a total asshole. Um, (laughs) Like you just have to, like it's, he may or may not be, but he just, he gives you that persona. And I think it's fair to say, this is a guy that's really feeding off the energy from that young team and specifically his partner on the left side of that infield, Fernando Tatis Jr. So you're going to hear me talk about Machado and Tatis because they are my guys. Like I am built in a lot of leagues around those two guys. Um, and there's reason for that because they're freaking awesome.
0: They are. And and uh, one thing Tatis and I share now, Ty, I don't know if you can tell, is uh, we both got the Mohawk on. Oh, now, I have a lot less hair right here, <laughs> but I did full on do the – this is the no-look shave Mohawk for anybody who's wondering. And I was curious, with this much frontal hair loss, should I still be doing a Mohawk? The answer is no. Um, but I've got it.
1: I just so wish it. people had a video of what I just got. Yeah. For me too.
0: <laughs> well, when my wife came home and saw this last week, she said to me, where is my son? <laughs> and she wanted to make sure that I had not done the same thing to him. And when uh, he saw it in the morning after my wife had left, he's like, Can you do that to me, dad? And I'm like, no, I can't, son, because I will have to live outside this house. (laughs) So anyway, maybe I'll put that up on on Twitter. If uh, I'll do something and say if it gets X number of whatever's, we'll see. Right. Um, So we've got two guys left here. We've got Anthony Rendon, uh, Mr. Consistent, 30 year old, signed with the Angels last year. Uh, He's fifth ranked on the Dingers, big board at third base, should have been number two. Uh, 189 at-bats this year. This is a down year for him. I love this. 286 average, 915 OPS, 29 runs, 31 RBIs, nine dingers, no stolen bases, 31 Ks, 38 walks. I love you, Rendon. love you. Uh, I want him in eight by eights and points leagues a lot more than I do in five by five. And that has to do simply with the fact that a guy who walks more than he Ks is huge. Um, a, huge. A, guy in a, a, a guy in a points league, who is not striking out a ton. If that's a factor in your points league is huge. And he's just, like you said, Ty with, um, with Walsh, he's on a really good team. They just need to figure out how to get pitchers on their mound. And if, like you said, if uh, Pujols can be productive, if Upton can be productive, they could be seven deep right now. And depending on what they do at the catcher position, it could go to eight and then, um, shortstop is going to be an issue for them. We'll see what they end up doing. And then second, second base. I think they've got an opening cause they traded Listella. So they've yep. got Fletcher. They can throw somewhere in second or short. Like they, you know, they're going to make it work. It's they, just, it's just getting it consistent. And they have a
1: huge need for a left-handed bat. So they're a really good landing spot for DD to be honest. Like I Ooh. could, I like very much could see DD as an Anaheim angel. So um mm because they do have oh, the like kid that was the one that fell through Figora whatever his name is is coming. Yeah. Um well they yes. also
0: have um I'm going to look him up. They also have another guy that uh I got in a Dynasty League a couple years ago. I've I've got a few shares of him. Um and everybody wants him here. One second. Uh Point
1: the one point I'll make while you're doing that Robbie is uh I had Rendon ranked 8th on our board this year and I talked about why which was switching leagues. And so for me he's a guy that Right. with obvious reason is going to move back up that board a little bit with the five-year projection. Um, he'll probably slide into that five spot for me, give or take, um, based on a deeper analysis. But this is a guy that I think is the real deal in terms of uh, a true hit first tool. There's very few of those left in the game, uh, yeah. hit first guys, and he's he's maybe the best at that role.
0: So here it is, Ty. Here's what, here's what the Angels are going to do. They're going to sign Freddie Galvis. He's going to start shortstop. Jeremiah Jackson is the prospect Jeremiah Jackson is going to get some time at triple a this year he is going to light it up and then he is going to come up towards the end of the year, and then it will be Jeremiah Jackson's season, and again, as you said, if they get a DD, if they get a one year contract type guy, the prospect stock on angels shortstop Jackson goes up. If they sign like they did a Rendon, then a guy like Maddie Theus, who was supposed to be their feature third baseman, all of a sudden that's in jeopardy. Now Theus is over on first base. Now he's fighting Jared Walsh and Pujols and DH at bats with Otani. It becomes a much murkier situation. You get that middle infield solidified. David Fletcher's there. He's your, he's your absolutely, he is your left fielder. He is your second baseman. Where else they put him in depends on who gets hurt and if he can just own his position. But that's, that's what it is for me. So I, I like that. Um, Rendon's just, you know, he's, like you said, he's a great, he's a great guy. Final guy here, Corey's brother, Kyle Seager, uh, got to put those Seattle guys in either off the top of the episode or the, or the the end, but I can't do it more than once. So this is my Mariner, everybody, 32 years old, 21st ranked on the dynasty, big board, 203 at bats this year, which is just nice to see a full season from Seeger, first and foremost. 241 average, which did dip. It was a lot higher midway through the season, headed into September, 788 OPS. But the production's here, 35 runs, 40 RBIs, nine dingers, five stolen bases. Ah, and for your, your deep guys, like myself, 33 Ks, 32 walks, and Ty has an EW, which I think must mean you just don't know how much to offer, uh, <laughs> but you would offer the moon. And I'm saying buy, and the reason I'm saying buy is is because nobody likes Seager. Uh, You can get him for your third base, and in a season or two with Seattle, things could be looking good. They've got a Rizzo in their depth chart in Seattle, and that's it for third base. So I don't think he is going to get pushed off the position. Now, we know DePoto makes deals, right? He traded Cano. So he can make anything happen. But I think he's going to be cool with Seager to hang out for another year he likes the defense. They they want good defense with those ground ball pitchers. Um, it's going to be a six-man rotation as well this year in Seattle. So I just like the idea of Kyle Seager kicking around and doing exactly what he did. I'd even bump that average up 15 more points into the mid-250s, and then you could easily oh. see that OPS get closer to 800. Guy is going to be secret value. And if for some reason he steals 10 bases,
1: that's amazing. Just amazing. I mean, it just hurt me to hear you say bump up his batting average. That just that hurt my soul. His career average is two fifty six. Uh Intense. So there defense. you go. Let me finish. I was about to shit on him. God, you sound like my wife. <laughs> Wait, uh, what did you say? <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh man. <laughs> uh, the one the one saving grace is off speed adjustment. It was off the chart this year. He three twenty one against off speed pitching. So that's an anomaly, right? Like that's, that's just not going to be consistent. It doesn't match his career numbers. Um, his, his previous best against the off-speed was 274, 276, sorry, in 2016. Uh, everything else is pretty paltry. So I think the numbers were carried a touch by that success on the off-speed this year. I'm not willing to buy it. And I think if you're rolling out there with Corey Seager in a championship format, this is the kind of mentality you're gonna have. I'm gonna go ask directions to our next huge embarrassing failure.
0: You're a huge you're a huge embarrassing failure. failure. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, and I, uh, w- I've been pretty consistent on my my despair uh despised mint, my displeasure for words are tough. <laughs> yeah. Well when you focus on the soundboard it's hard to do both. Um talk and sound it doesn't work that way and so Seeger is a guy that i just i don't love the big big number for me that is scary is the ops below uh 800 this is a guy that you're expecting to be somewhat of a power bat and doesn't carry the balance of the power profile and frankly seattle's just not there and i think he's got an expiration in seattle And I think it's going to be before the rest of that talent flourishes. So I think just from an overall fantasy value, I I think it's less about whether Kyle Seeger is a good baseball player and more about his, his circumstances. I can see him as a a really good mid-season acquisition in fantasy leagues, because I think he's going to be a good trade target for somebody looking for a lefty bat. Well, we can agree to disagree.
0: I think it's fine with Seeger because either way, you're not giving up a whole lot to get a guy like that because people aren't envisioning a bright future for him and again we know fantasy players dynasty players are ages they don't want guys north of 32 and that's where he's going to sit he's going to be 33 when next season starts and that's a good thing for the dynasty owner who wants to get somebody with good production value at a low cost because then you can spend those dollars or whatever it is elsewhere throughout your roster so we've given you some good options absolutely throughout this episode we went through the guys who were who were bad that are good and now we're talking to you about the guys who are good that are actually bad um and the next next week we've got a bunch of episodes coming but next week we're covering corner infield good and bad sorry middle infield good and bad um we are also going to snag the outfielders and then we're going to hit up i think some relief pitchers and probably cough on the catcher episode
1: oh yeah. If anybody wants to do the catcher episode for us, let us know. It is up on Twitter.
0: Oh, that'd be fun. If we just yeah. had strangers, if you are interested in making a podcast debut, yeah. we could give you the script. I will write it for you and you have to read it as best you can and try to make catcher sound exciting.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, that's so, that's
1: so dangerous. That's so dangerous. I, I like the idea though. It could be a lot of fun. Um, Yancey would be all over a catcher episode. that's true
0: and maybe you know what maybe we'd have to talk to some nfpc guys because they would definitely in two catcher leagues with nfpc uh they gotta love their catchers and that's
1: and we'll just put with nfpc and we'll put some audio in the background behind them of just like waiting room sound like music like just like that (laughs) elevator tone of like yeah exactly not even music like that that's actual songs i'm talking about like corporate tones
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you could have that uh just to like make it seriously impactful. That uh, damn, you know, the TikTok one that I had sent you the other day. Damn where, boy. No, it's the uh and I was like damn and then he swears a whole bunch. So you can't you can only do the instrumental to it, but um it's the banjo. I'll see if I can find it. Oh, I know what you're talking before
1: about we're done. I know exactly what you're talking about. There it uh, is hold on oh come on google ads you're not an ad ad. Ads, brutal (laughs) there it is yeah see that's way too exciting for catchers
0: but see it's i was like damn because it's catchers and catchers are like damn
1: but that's a hype song though like remember remember We're, we're
0: trying to make it exciting
1: no we're not it's catchers okay Okay. yeah like we're, we're trying to bring them down like maybe like <laughs> like slow music and, and something super depressing is what we'll chase so we'll, we'll find it but uh we got lots of work ahead of us it's off season time this is where we make you money and you show zero appreciation and that's why we love you so <laughs> until next it. time it's been tyler knob on diggers